Hi, and welcome to Building Perspective with Matt Riley and Molly Elfman. We're here to bring value to you and your team by exploring all things sales and marketing related. All from different perspectives. All right, and welcome back to another episode of Building Perspective. This is episode, I don't even know what number <laughs> this episode is, but it's a lot. It's, it's a, is that an official number? This is episode a lot? A lot, yeah. A lot, a lot. And I am here with the one and only Chessie Chessie, Chelsea, Chessie, Chelsea, <laughs> okay. Chelsea Keenan. <laughs> Do you know how many people also call me Chesley? It used to be an ongoing joke in the social corner that people would just write. They'd be like, Vicky would be like, hey, Chesley, can you pass me the... You know what's okay. funny is we're we're just gonna leave this in the show because yeah. we're just gonna start with <laughs> a flub right out of the gate from me, but that's okay because we are here to talk about <laughs> our Q2 trend report. Obviously, this is a focus on digital and social and just kind of everything that's happening and well, I should say everything that we've seen happen, trends, patterns, areas where we want to focus moving forward. And Chelsea's going to dive in and, and really go into some detail. I know, Chelsea, you wrote, or the team, and you wrote a blog that we posted just fairly recently. And you're going yep. to kind of dive into that a little bit deeper and unpack some of the stuff from the blog. Is that right? Yes. And there's definitely some stuff in the blog, which will be in the show notes. There's some stuff in that blog that we're not going to touch on today, just because we really want to dive a little bit deeper into the three main points from that blog that we wanted to talk about, which was geofence, high cost of CPM on social media, and some pillar pages on your website. So many fun digital marketing things to talk about, but really all across the board here. So definitely go back and read the blog because there's some more stuff in there that we're not going to talk about on the podcast. I love that we're going to talk about pillar pages. Yeah. I, seriously, I do. I love it. I think it, it's awesome. Okay, so let's dive in first. Where do you want to start, Chels? Let's start with geofencing because we were actually just talking about geofencing right before this. And so yep. I think it's a really fun topic to start off on. I think a lot of people have heard of geofencing before, especially people that have listened to this podcast. But if you're new, geofencing is basically where we take a... Take a little square to give this to give you the the real simple terms. We take a little square around your competitor's model and we target them with a message that drives people that walk into that model ultimately to your model. And we can track all of those actions, the people that see it, the people that ultimately walk through your model from a competitor's model. So it's really, really cool. But geofencing has really been interesting, especially over the past year, which is why we really wanted to bring it up in this first, in this second quarter trend report, because this time last year was when we turned off a lot of our geofencing because it obviously tracks people that walk into models. And so this time last year, we were like, whew, we got to turn this off because there's no foot traffic in any models. Right, right. But this time this year, it has really ramped up. We've seen for builders that are doing geofencing that it's performing really, really well. People are going into competitors' models and then coming into ours, which is so fantastic. The really interesting thing too is that we were targeting a lot of more than just the model, we were targeting a lot of spec homes and we were seeing that 
our targets would flash off so quickly because spec homes are selling so quickly. And so with a lot of our builders that were also geofencing and had first time buyers, we started geofencing a lot of apartment complexes within the area. And we were specifically serving rent versus own messaging in that geofencing campaign. And those have honestly been performing even better than the model geofencing campaigns. And so builders, if you're listening right now and you have a high percentage of renters that are buying your homes, these renter geofencing campaigns are running so, so well, mainly because they don't sell out like inventory homes. And so we're, we are not losing, we're not losing targeting locations like we were in competitor targeting when we were targeting models and inventory homes. So it's been going really well and more builders are kind of hopping on and doing the renter geofencing too. And we're so excited with the results that we're seeing. I want to add one of the things, because we just kind of dove in, but really one of the things too here is it is time. If you like basically paused all your marketing like oh, or, yeah. or good chunks of it, it's time to turn it back on folks. Yeah. I, I mean, we are, we're starting to see that, that unbelievably unsatiable appetite of traffic and leads. It is definitely coming down yeah. right now. Here's the deal. The good news is, is we could, we could drop from what our peak was 40 to 50% and still be at 2019 levels. It's not like we're dropping into recession type, yeah. you know, numbers or anything, but it is time to market, you know, and we've been saying all along the whole time, if you can, if you're able to manage your leads and you're not going to just destroy your customer experience, don't shut it off altogether. Like we absolutely made recommendations to cut back marketing spend and all that kind of stuff. But we, we were very much so against turning everything off there were, I use air quotes, arguments within the industry about like, you can shut it off. You don't have to advertise right now. It's no big deal. But one thing that some folks and places didn't take into consideration is when you shut all your advertising off and you see a big drop in traffic, there are SEO implementa- implementation. Yeah. Implementate. What, what is the word <laughs> I'm trying to say? I messed up your first name <laughs> at the very beginning. There are some issues with SEO ramifications that you have to deal with because Google sees your site and then a bunch of traffic all of a sudden dropped off and stayed there. And so people are having to kind of gear back up and get SEO going again. So I just wanted to add that bit of, we never said turn it all off. It is time to start ramping your spend back up to what I would consider normal market levels. And we say that, like when we make a recommendation to our builders, whether to back spend off or turn spend on, it's because it's in the best interest of them. It's not, we don't get paid for you spending more money on Google, right? Yeah. Or Facebook or anything like it, it. And it is time to really consider again, unless you're in a position where you just can't take any more leads, you can't take any more sales for a long, long time. And that's starting to kind of wane off. It's time to turn it, turn, start cranking the dial back up to what would be a normal level. Yeah. And that transition really brings me into my next point that I wanted to talk about too, which was the rising cost of CPM on social media. And that's for anyone that doesn't know too, 
very, very simple. It's your cost per thousand impressions. And so how much does it cost for a thousand impressions? And honestly, this is again, year over year, something that a lot of builders are saying, wow, why was my traffic so great in 2019 or 2019, 20, what year is it? 2020. And in 2021, my social traffic is really declining. Well, looking back at this time last year, nobody was really advertising. You couldn't do anything. And not just the housing industry. I'm talking everything, vacations, airlines, amusement parks, anywhere that people could physically go to was not marketing because it was closed. We were and, seeing builders that were cutting their spend in half and, and getting, still getting better the same. performance. <laughs> right. And so last year we could spend literally next to nothing for the amount of impressions, the incredible amount of impressions that we had. So last year we were seeing CPM at five cents, six cents per thousand impressions. This year I'm seeing upwards in markets that are really busy, like Raleigh, Orlando, up to 32 cents. And so it has increased more than doubled in one year cost per thousand impressions because now this time this year everyone's back advertising because everything's open again we're not just fighting against other home builders for our impression share on social media we're fighting against every single person that's advertising and now that everyone's back you have to spend double if not more to get the same amount of impressions or if not less impressions than this time last year. And so like you were saying, is it time to ramp up to get your traffic back? It's not only time to ramp up to just get your traffic back and get back to normal spend levels. It's time to ramp up because we have to. Yeah. Because we have to not even invest as much as we were pre-COVID even more because our CPM is so much higher than it was before. This is a conversation we are having with a lot of our builders and I'm mm -hmm. sure everyone is seeing the same exact thing. So you shouldn't be comparing, not you, Chelsea, you shouldn't be comparing your metrics right now, year over year. No. Normally we talk about year over year, like that's what you want to compare. Don't compare. It's almost impossible. 2020. It's it's make believe land, right? Like yeah. it's not. You want to compare to essentially same period 2019. Right. We were talking about this before, Matt. It's so. It's almost even impossible to go back to 2019 and look at 2019 as well, especially on social media because iOS 14.5 happened. You're right. And You're right. so now it's even harder to look back then and say, oh, well, now you're comparing it to when audience sizes were massive. Like yeah. we're over here increasing our lookalike audience sizes. I was talking to a Facebook rep and our lookalike audience sizes were at 1% of the population of lookalike for your retargeting audiences. And she's like, no, we've got to bump that up to 4% because the audiences with 1% are just way too small, which is an enormous audience already if, if you know about lookalike audiences. And so she was telling me, she was telling me, yes, we're seeing this across the board with the rising cost of CPM. And also one of like 14.5 is not making it any easier. So And I, iOS 15 is uh, going to make it harder too. Yeah. I'm on the beta version of iOS 15 for my iPhone. 
It's not just Facebook, actually. So it, it prevents Google from collecting their like universal ID, user ID oh numbers in analytics. It also, you, it'll flag you whether or not you want, it'll essentially block email providers from knowing if you opened their email or wow. clicked on a link, like it literally shuts it down. If you want it, if you want to go, it's like incognito mode all the time. Oh my God. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's not only that way on the uh, iOS. It's going to be that way on the on the new Mac desktop system too. Wow! All coming well, out this fall. I was going to say the great thing is we've got some ways around <laughs> this. We do a lot of those ways we've listed out in our blog too. A lot of the things we're doing to combat this rising cost of. CPM and how we're utilizing our own data for that. So mm -hmm. CRM lists, retargeting from your website, but CRM lists have been extremely helpful in this. So if you are not tracking every single contact right now that walks through your door, or if you're not organizing them correctly in a CRM list, it's that's also hurting your marketing efforts because there's so much that can be done with that information. Yep, totally. So this is, in my opinion, like from an SEO perspective, like yeah. SEO content, what you're about to talk about with pillar pages, cluster topics, like all of this stuff is literally going to be the way, in my opinion, the way that you're going to continue to drive traffic, brand awareness, SEO. It is the workaround to the privacy changes that are coming and probably rightfully so to be frank about the privacy stuff as marketers we hate <laughs> hate losing some of that control but this is getting back into good old-fashioned brand building and seo it just never goes out of style yeah no it doesn't and you're right so basically pillar pages in your website are think of what a pillar is it literally holds everything up it's not like an architectural structure has 1,000 pillars. And so every single page on your website should not be considered a pillar page. It is really the most important pages on your website that are your most highly trafficked pages, again, usually from organic search. And they really have the most engaging content on your website. And not only that, they have easy conversion points. And so these pages, one off the top of my head, I guess we can talk about sometimes if a builder has a build on your lot, obviously that phrase is widely searched. And so they want their build on your lot page to be mm -hmm. one of their pillar pages within their website. It's going to provide all of the information and there's going to be a separate contact form on there. but. It's not just enough to have a couple of sentences on a pillar page. You've really got to fill that with content. And it's not just writing a 1,000 word essay and just pasting it on a page and saying that's enough. It's yep. got to look good and be engaging too. I think a, a good example of a pillar page would be if your website's set up properly, you yeah. know, you go to your, what we would call your find your home page, right? So where you're going to be able to look at all the areas where you build homes and communities. And let's just say you have, you know, your sub markets of your overall area. So we'll use Raleigh as an example, since that's where I live. So we'll have Raleigh's the metro market. You may not build in Raleigh proper, but you build in 
you know, areas like Apex, Holly Springs, Cary, Fuquay Verena, fill in the blank, right? Submarkets. And so you would have, okay, here's all your communities that you build in submarket name. Not Greater Raleigh area, because that's all of them, but submarket name, and it's three communities. And on that page, at the bottom of that page, you should have an about the area in there, right? So it would be, yeah. I live in Apex, so I'll use Apex as the example, about builder name in home or new homes for sale in Apex, right? So very high, like you want that H1 or that H2 to be keyword heavy and on search terms, and then nice, good copy underneath that's long form. Like you said, it could be... It doesn't have to be a thousand words. It, it could be 1500. It could be 750, yeah. but it's good quality content that the user is going to want to read. And that's rich in relevant search data, right? And so that's just the page. That's the existing page. And you want to drive traffic to that individual page. Think because we're calling it a pillar page. So it's yeah. where people are going to enter into your site, not because they're coming to your homepage, because they're coming, if your advertising is working and your SEO is working, you're bringing them directly into a little bit deeper into the site itself. And so from there, you're also creating additional content, blogs and other resources on your website that internally link to and point to that page, the pillar page, right? So you can have these other pages or other topics, blogs, things like that are going to be like your clusters, it's going to be your cluster of content. Think of it as spokes of a wheel and then the hub in the center. And it's all feeding in, in the, to the pillar page, which is in the middle. And so all of these things link back and forth. They have two-way connections between the pillar page and the sub pages, right? They're linking back and forth. And that creates really, really strong SEO results. And so you, you want to pick, you know, a handful, six to eight, pillar pages, if your site's big enough, throughout your site that you're going to be driving traffic in. But those sub-market area pages are really good. I, those are really good basic versions of what a pillar page would be. Another pillar page, if you had, if you were a green home, if you were certified green builder, right? Like you might have a, you might want to dedicate or should have a, a good heavy amount of content on your site or a page on your site that talks all about your green certification. And so that could be a pillar page where you're directing outside traffic to that page. You're directing internal traffic to that page and vice versa back and forth. So that is what a pillar page would be and what that, what that kind of partial strategy would look like to and from those pillar pages. Because you can, you can write a thousand blogs about energy efficiency and about green building. You can write a thousand blogs about how great Apex is, to go back to your example of those cities, and mm -hmm. always, always link back to those pillar pages. But if you don't have that page to begin with, mm -hmm. then it's just your blog, which takes away all of your opportunity for, like you said, interlinking within your website and, yep. and kind of forcing people to spend more time on your website, go deeper into your website than the original page that they went to. Yep. And so the question that a lot of people ask themselves or us for that matter, right. Yeah. Is going to be like, well, how do I create, like, how do I know if it's useful content? Right. Well, you should be that content. Those pillar pages should be answering questions 
that people are asking. And that's what's bringing the traffic in because the content on the page is answering questions that you know people are searching, right? So there's keyword search tools out there. A lot of times you can use uh, for free, you can use like Google ads keyword tool that you would use to pay for, you know, if you're going to use to pay for ads, you can use that to figure out what those keywords are. But if you sign up for, you know, like a Moz or an SEM rush or paid programs, it'll actually tell you, you know, you can, it'll, you can have it give you questions that are being phrased. We do it for our clients, our builders, but it's one of those things where you can literally see what questions people are asking about that submarket or around that keyword. When I say it'll tell you, this is this doesn't say people ask this question, go write a blog about this. Like you actually have to put some, you know, one plus one equals two together, but it gives you some really good insights. So to create good content, when you ask yourself, how do I do that? Are you answering questions that people are searching for? Like that is the key to determining whether or not you're writing good content. And then once you determine that you're answering questions, that's when you make sure that it's rich in other SEO search terms. Does that make sense? To, to me. Does it yeah. make sense? <laughs> well, you're the only one that's talking to me right Audience, now. Audience, does it make sense? <laughs> right. Yes. Thoughts, yes. Yes, it does. I think it's also so important, and everybody talks about these pillar pages in regards to being so important for SEO and Google and search and organic traffic. But coming from a paid digital marketing perspective, those pillar pages are also vital in terms of sending traffic to your website and having it match your ad content. There are so many times when I know builders have, like you were saying before, fantastic green building or energy efficiency building or smart home building. And they want to advertise that. But when it's time to set where, where do we send them to? It's like, oh, just send them to find a home or just send them to the floor plan page. That's a huge, it's a huge disconnect in the paid advertising that you have and what you're sucking people into and then sending them to that website page. I think, like you said, a lot of, a lot of things that people would consider their most important aspects of them. They just want to put in an email or put in an ad, but they don't realize that it should exist as a main pillar page on their website. Absolutely. So from a, just as just general total, a little bit down the rabbit hole of content, because it, it is so important, but we talk about those pillar pages, Google, when you get a chance, Google 10 X pillar pages. And so you're going to see examples of like what, what they call a 10 X pillar page. It is some intense, very SEO focused content and it is long form content, right? So it's essentially, if you've written 30 blogs about a topic, this 10 X pillar page is literally like a summary page of all of the blogs that you've written about that one particular subject. And wow. then you're linking out to all these individual blogs and linking back to different pages and stuff that other, other pages it's referring to as well. So you've got a 10 X pillar page and then you have like a resource pillar page and a resource pillar page is, let's just think of you go really deep into how to buy a home from a mortgage perspective. 
Like, how do I get a mortgage on a new home? Think about that kind of question that people search. And you're, if you go really deep into a specific resource. So those are two other types of pillar pages that you can focus on, a 10X pillar page and a resource pillar page. But you really can't do those until you've actually dedicated the time and effort to create a regular pillar page within your site, meaning that's where you're going to be trying to drive traffic to because you really want to make uh, an impact in search terms like new homes for sale in Apex, North Carolina. We'll write this all down in the show notes too. <laughs> no, not word for word transcript, but just, <laughs> just little bullet points that, so you don't have to take notes if you're uh, driving. I pull, right pull over the car, write <laughs> the stuff down. Yeah. But so those are some things that you can focus on. Like this is a really great, I think a really great episode because we're, we're able to get into some really tactical stuff. Yeah. You know, especially as we get into like what that is. And so we, instead of just, just focusing on here's the trends report, like, all right, it's time to buckle down. If I was summarizing, like if I was a listener and I'm summarizing what I heard today, it would be, all right, I've got to get ready to get, if my spin's not back to what it was before, I've got to put a plan in place if, to make sure I yep. can manage my leads and that I, that I get there. You know, is it going to be a, a, a seven days from now you're going to be back? Probably not, but I need to put a plan in place if my budgets have been cut or intentionally scaled back right? As things are opened back up, we're seeing really great success out of geofencing. So that's something to, to really take a look at. And then to bypass or yeah. work around some of these iOS privacy updates and just in general, because everybody's getting on the privacy wagon. It's not just Apple. SEO branding is going to be... yeah. It, it almost like it used to be right before Facebook got big brotherish, yep. you know, it was like branding and SEO and, and some paid ads from like yeah. Google keywords. Like that was like your ticket. Like if you could do that really well, you could, you could beat almost anybody. And so now it's bringing that stuff back into play. And it's not just about who has the biggest checkbook. Yeah. Like that you said that. And as we were talking, I thought to myself, like, well, this sounds a little repetitive and maybe not like anything new and maybe a little bit 101 type stuff, but I think it's important a lot of times to look back and realize that we have to go back to the basics a little bit and we have to go back to square one. It's been a really weird year and a half, obviously, and it it is important to kind of check ourselves, go back to the basics and think like, do we have everything on a basic level that we need to get our website as good as it can be from just an organic search standpoint? And if, if I'm going to rename this podcast episode, it's going to be Chessie and Matt's, Chessie and Matt's back to the basics. <laughs> Chessie. <laughs> <laughs> you, whenever someone says check yourself, I can't think of uh, anything other than Ice Cube. And do you know that song, <laughs> Chelsea? Do you know that song? Check yourself think, before you wreck yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like can't play it in my mind right now because all I can think of is Chessie, but that's okay. Chessie. That's okay. That's your, we're just going to dub that as your new nickname. That's all right. Chessie. Awesome. All right, guys, that is going to do it for us this week. Chelsea or Chessie. Or Chessie or Chesley. <laughs> whatever <laughs> this is what happens by the way guys it is currently 4 42 in the afternoon this yep. is what happens when you put matt on a, a late in the day podcast <laughs> my, 
my brain is over. This is what happens when you try to put me on a podcast after having a wedding this weekend. Not my own wedding, but right. just somebody else. I was afraid. I was like, ooh, is my voice going to be back for this? It's still a little raspy, but. Man, you you must have thrown down. Uh, it was it was a wedding. It was a wedding on the 50th floor of a building during a severe thunderstorm. So needless to say, it was a bit anxiety inducing and I needed a couple of glasses of wine to get over that. A couple in air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much, Chessie, for coming on the show. And I hope I made you well. laugh, everyone. <laughs> Q2 Trend Report. All right, gang. Have a great week and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.